Thank you, Hallelujah Choir. The service will go downhill from here. <laughs> um, good morning, friends, and welcome to our 8.30 service on this, the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. Not many more left, for it will be Advent. Uh, welcome to those of you in the room. Many more, as always, who know, joining us online all over the place. Uh, we love our extended church community. Uh, welcome to the service. Uh, if you're visiting, and some of you are, we're really honored that you've come. We hope that you'll come back. We hope that you'll leave some contact information. We'd love to reach out to you, begin the process of befriending one another. Uh, that would be terrific. Uh, we have some stuff going on this week, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Dr. Mark Holland and I, we're, we're, uh, he's a big dog national leader in United Methodist. We're going to talk about our denomination and what's going on and what's coming up next and why it matters. Some of it's a sorry story. Some of it is a really hopeful story. We hope you'll come. We'll answer questions that you might have that we don't address uh, as we have our conversation with one another. By the way, my name's James Howell, and I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Dr. Uyun Kim. So grateful to be together. We have some special guests that we wanted to introduce to you, and I'm going to invite Pastor Nathan to do so. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Um, we have our special guest from Puerto Rico. I'm talking about the greater connection of Methodism. It's a great time to have. Um, I'll just briefly introduce, we have Pastor Badechka, we have Rafi, we have Nancy, and we have Carmen here with us this morning. Um, we have taken teams down since 2017 to be with the church there for Maria cleanup, and now we take um, families and our young adults also in mission there. And they came up this weekend to do mission. They leave Tuesday to go to Chapel Hill to be in mission there as well. Um, with the Wesley Foundation. So we just give thanks to God for con continue to grow our connection with our friends there. As Nathan already mentioned, part of who we are, the, the, the very basis of our DNA involves connecting with others. And we want to connect with you, whether it be you are uh, a longtime members or first-time visitors, especially or nominally new. Let us know who you are, how it can be in prayers for you. There's different ways that you can do that. There's the hospitality pad at the end of your pews. There's the QR code you can use at the back of your bulletin. And for those of us online, there's a little link that you can click on. Let us know how we can connect with you and share the ministries of our church. It is always so good to be together. Let us continue to prepare our hearts for worship.
remain standing as we confess our Christian faith and the faith of the Christian church through the Apostles' Creed, which can be found in the back of your hymnal, 881. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God is gracious and good to forgive us when we come before him to confess our sins. Let us turn to our bulletin as we confess our sins together through prayer of confession. Pray with me. Gracious God, we carry anger in our hearts we cannot release. Our past regrets continue to shame us with pain. Scarcity binds our hearts from generosity and growth. Give us courage to choose you in the face of temptations. Set us free for joyful obedience and faithful witness. Open us to a future of peace, hope, and love with you. Amen. Hear the good news Christ died for us while we are yet still sinners. That proves God's love toward all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. reading is Philippians chapter 4 beginning with the first verse therefore my brethren whom I love and long for my joy and crown stand firm thus in the Lord my beloved I entreat you Odia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord and I ask you also true yoke fellow help these women for they have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer, in supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus finally brethren whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is gracious if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Chris, for this uh, wonderful reading. I uh, often think of such passages, and uh, I picture Paul in a, 
candlelit room. He's under house arrest in Rome. He doesn't have long left to live. He's pacing the floor. A secretary has come down to take down words that he wants to send to his uh, beloved friends in the city of Philippi. And uh, I, I picture him pacing the floor and scrunching up his face, and, uh, trying to get it uh, just right. And I imagine that secretary being so awed by what Paul says, sometimes he just drops his pen, his jaw drops, like this guy is on fire tonight. Incredible words. Paul's writing to the Christians in Philippi. Philippi was a little, kind of a little Italy back then in Greece. A lot of uh, Caesar Augustus' Roman veterans as, as a reward for their great uh, bravery in battle, uh, defeating Mark Antony. He plants them there. They have their own city. Uh, very Italian, even though it's in Greece. Paul comes there in a story that's narrated in Acts chapter 16. It's an amazing story. The first convert there to Christianity is Lydia. She's a very wealthy woman, and the next is a, a slave girl. And then a, a middle management government employee, the jailer. Like, isn't that so interesting? You have a wealthy person, a poor slave, and then a middle management person. That's all who comes together in the church in Philippi. It's a social revolution. It's not wealthy people hanging with the wealthy people. They have diversity from the very beginning. We believe they probably met in Lydia's home. Archaeologists have discovered the homes of wealthy people in that part of the world, probably peristyle construction frescoes on the wall. That's where the church would have met. And you wonder if the poor people who came at first felt pretty uncomfortable. They'd never been in such a home before. But it's a church, and everybody's at home. Everybody is welcome. Paul had actually been in jail also in Philippi. Why? He came there and preached, and uh, the slave girl that he liberated, uh, she was making a lot of money for her owners, uh, and, and Paul set her free from that. You can't practice this divination, this sorcery any longer. Her owners are very upset about her being converted because they're losing uh, profits. Uh, I told you before this great story. Our family was traveling. I won't tell you the whole thing. Our family was traveling in England. The kids were little. We're on a train. Everybody's pretty tired. This guy across from me. And suddenly, out of the blue, I can tell he wants to talk. He says, uh, are you a Christian, man? I said, yes. He said, what kind of a Christian are you? I didn't know how to answer this. So I just said, well, I'm a Methodist. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. Why are you sorry? I love his answer. He said, well, where I come from, Methodists, they just kind of go through the motions. Christianity doesn't really have a big impact on their life. I said, we don't have that problem in North Carolina <laughs> at all. What he began to explain to me, he was a gypsy. He talked about the growth of the gypsy church, and he said it's hard for gypsies to become Christians. Why the number one occupation for gypsies is fortune teller. And if you're a fortune teller, you can't be a fortune teller any longer once you become a Christian because it's, it's fake. It's not true. It's amazing. Paul uh, speaks with such affection for these Christians to whom he's writing. He calls them my love, my joy, my crown. So lovely. It's a letter. If you wanted to start uh, being a Bible reader, maybe it's just a sat collecting dust. You thought, one of these days I want to be a Bible reader. You could do worse than to start with Paul's letter to the Philippians, but don't speed read it. Go slowly. Ponder each phrase uh, like these. Paul says, uh, it's so amazing to me. Paul says things like, agree in the Lord. He says this because they're having trouble <laughs> agreeing. Notice he doesn't say agree. He says, agree in the Lord. Like, we forget about that. Politics, we can't agree with each other. And the United Methodist Church, we can't agree with each other. But, but we're thinking about our ideas, our pet notions, our preferences. Paul says agree in the Lord because of the grace of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have good cause to be one and to listen and to understand one another. Paul says stand firm in the Lord, not stand firm on your morals, stand firm on your principles. No, he says stand firm in the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. I flinched a little. I've heard it so many times in my life, but when Chris said it, I flinched a little. When she, she smiled and said, rejoice always. Have no anxiety. That's when Paul starts to get on my nerves, right? 
I'm not good. I know people, they just have a sunny disposition. They can rejoice always. It just comes to them by nature. For me, that's a struggle and have no anxiety about anything. It's like piling on. I'm anxious already. And then God says, don't be anxious. I mean, good grief. I think what that's about is you have to pay attention to it. Rejoice always. Paul doesn't say be happy all the time. Be cheerful all the time. This is what he's saying. He's talking rejoice, rejoice. It's about having joy always. What is joy? In my How to Be Spiritual series, I'm working toward that as the climax. What is joy? It's not happiness times seven. It's something else entirely. It's something that you can experience when you're suffering terribly, when people that you love are making you crazy. It's when you fear for your job, your livelihood, what's going on in the world, there can still be joy in the thick of that. It's an amazing thing. We'll talk about it. Paul says, have no anxiety. I love uh, Kate Bowler. Uh, she's coming to have a conversation with me in January. Great author, funny person. <laughs> she has a new book that's coming out, and I read the advanced page proofs of it, and uh, she has a number of sections on anxiety. By the way, I don't know if any of you ever battle any anxiety. Those may be the, like the 945 people that are coming. <laughs> but I know I'm going to have some this morning, and she says this really cool thing. She's praying to God, so she says this, Lord, I'm a worrier, and you know it. You made me this way, so when worries arise, I'm going to say to them, keep rising. Keep rising all the way to God who can handle what I'm worried about. I love that. Lord, you know I'm a worrier. You made me this way. I love Paul's advice there about how to pray. I've talked to you about this before. It's so important. Paul says, it's just stunning. I imagine the secretary saying, what? Did you get that right? Paul says... With gratitude, make your requests made known to God. I think I grew up hearing that you make your requests known to God, and if God does what you want, then you have good cause to be grateful, and you should be. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says, with gratitude, like you start with the gratitude, with gratitude, make your requests made known to God. We start with gratitude. That's really the baseline of the, of the spiritual life, isn't it? Just to be grateful and, and maybe to erase the four. We always think I'm grateful for. <laughs> I try less to be grateful for. I just want to be grateful. I just want to be a grateful person. I thought about this. It's hard to judge others if you're full of gratitude. It's hard to be anxious when you're full of gratitude. And then Paul wishes peace upon these people. Uh, I don't think how to put it. Uh, peace isn't the same thing as being uh, calm. Uh, Mother Maria of France, Saint Maria of Paris now. Uh, she was from Latvia during World War II. She went and sheltered Jewish children in the city of Paris during the Nazi occupation. She's been made a saint by the church. She was executed near the end of World War II. She wrote these beautiful words that I've told these to you before, but they just stick in my head. She says, go to church because there you will feel real anguish for your sin and the world's sin. There you will feel an insatiable hunger for Christ's truth. There, instead of being lukewarm, you'll be set on fire. There, instead of being pacified, you'll become alarmed. Instead of learning the wisdom of this world, you become cool fools for Christ. I thought about this rejoice always. That, that's kind of easy to talk about when you live a sheltered little life like a lot of us do uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and some people would say, well, just you know, think positively and be cheerful, and that, that's what God wants for us. It, it's hard for so many people in the world, and we have to join our hearts to them. Uh, yesterday morning, I had some other things that were planned, but I call, got a call from my friend, Rabbi Mike. Mal this isn't in my notes. I'm making this up right now, just as a warning. I got a phone call from my friend, Rabbi Michael Wolk, uh, who's the senior rabbi at Temple Israel out on Providence Road. He said, uh, people probably don't realize that Jews in Charlotte are just scared to death right now. Like we hear about this and we think, oh, Jews in Israel are having a tough time. But no, it's Jews in Charlotte. Jews in Charlotte know people who've been 
killed in this Hamas attack. Jews in Charlotte know that it can be hard to be a Jew in Charlotte. He called me and said, we're having Shabbat service at 9.30. If you came, it would mean the world to our people. What choice did I have? I got in the car and went and sat through a lot of uh, long Hebrew prayers that I got little bits and pieces of. He introduced me to the congregation. I've been there before. I knew most of the folks already. They said, we have felt so alone this week. You don't know what your presence meant. And I explained I was coming on behalf of you. You see, we, we can say, oh, rejoice always, you know, have a positive attitude. There are people that we know, there are people in God's world who are suffering, who are terrified, who are dealing with, I mean, this latest battle, I'm, I'm rambling now, but be patient with me. This latest uh, event in Israel, we know there's long, long-standing tension between Israelis and Palestinians, and there's faults on both sides beyond any question, but, but this latest action is different, isn't it? It was a deliberate assault, deliberately killing children in front of their parents, deliberately and in public killing Holocaust survivors. It's amazing to me. No uglier display than the troubles of the world. As God doesn't say, be happy. God says, with gratitude, make your request made known to God. We pray for peace. We put gratitude, uh, gratitude. Uh, Paul says, uh, choose gratitude. Choose gratitude. Paul says, think about these things. And in verse 8 of this beautiful passage, he gives a list of the things that we should think about. He says, don't find, he doesn't say find fault with other people. That's God's will for you. Find fault with other people. We're masters of this, aren't we? Uh, Paul does not say pass judgment on other people. Paul doesn't say bristle at how wrong other people are. Paul says, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. Think about these things, and I would add to his words, work for these things. Uh, I love the singer, Jewel. She, for a long time, she was great, and then she tried to become a pop diva. That wasn't so good, but then she's gone back to being Jewel again, thankfully. I need to call her and thank her for that. (laughs) My favorite uh, Jewel song goes like this. It doesn't take a talent to be mean. Please be careful with me. I'm sensitive, and I'd like to stay that way. I had this theory that if we're told we're bad, then that's the only idea we'll ever have. But maybe if we are surrounded in beauty, someday we will become what we see. There's so much ugliness in the world. And we're trained to see so much ugliness in others and ourselves. God created the world with so much beauty. And it's not just the photogenic things, <laughs> something you'd never take a photo of. It just has so much beauty. Every person has so much beauty. God says if we are surrounded in beauty, and we are, maybe we just name it. Maybe we notice it. Maybe we work for it. Maybe we do all we can to battle where there's anything that would violate beauty. Then one day we will become what we see. The beauty of the gospel summed up in one person, Jesus Christ. We tend to think about, oh, me and my problems. Now will God help me with me and my problems? I think Paul's solution to this would be, don't think about me and my problems. Take you and your problems and let them rise up to God. Take the troubles of the world and let them rise up to God. We care about them passionately. And then our attention is on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. St. Augustine described him with unsurpassable eloquence. He wrote this, Jesus is beautiful in heaven, beautiful in his mother's womb, beautiful in his parents' arms, beautiful in his miracles, beautiful in his teaching, beautiful under scourge, 
beautiful in laying down his life, beautiful in taking it up again, beautiful on the cross, beautiful in the grave, beautiful in heaven. Prince Paul says, if there's anything that is excellent, think about these things. Work for these things. Stand with others. Reach out to someone you know who is so very anxious. There's no better cure for anxiety than somebody saying, I love you, I care with you, I'm standing with you. Reach out. If you know anybody who is Jewish, reach out to them. They will be so very grateful that you say, I, I notice... <laughs> I care. We have a great privilege to be God's people, to read the scriptures that don't sound much like the noise of the world, thankfully. And so we can live in such a way we let our anxieties rise to God who holds us, who embraces us, who never lets us go, who always is giving hope even to a very, very broken world. And for this, we give our thanks and praise. Amen. Please pray with me. God, we come into your presence with praise and thanksgiving for your faithful love. Your love never fails. Not even when we turn away from you, when we ignore your invitation or desert you for gods of our own making. Even then, oh God, you do not abandon us, but you reach out again and again inviting us back into relationship once more. Holy God, as you welcome us, so you welcome our prayers. We bring them to you with confidence, with gratitude, knowing that you will hear and answer. Holy One, we pray for the world you created and the people who share it with us. God, for countries caught up in war or violent conflict, for regions of the world struggling with health crises, for those whose homes and lives are threatened by natural disasters. God, for these and all the other areas in our world where there is need and despair, we pray for your peace, your abundance, and your love to abound. We thank you for the power and presence of your church all around the world, and we thank you for our own partnerships in ministry. Lord, in your mercy. Holy One, we pray for our local community, the people of this city, we pray for our political leaders and our judicial system. We pray for healthcare workers, teachers, and all who care for our community. We especially pray for those who are unemployed, for those in prison, or who are hungry. We pray for those who are alone and afraid, for young and for old, for the most vulnerable in our society, for all our neighbors, both known and unknown to us. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we pray for this congregation, our siblings in Christ, for those who are ill or whose loved ones are ill, for those who are anxious, for those who are struggling with their faith, for those who serve among us. We especially pray for the family and friends of Rob Bird as they grieve his passing. 
May we all find comfort in the promise of resurrection as we know he has joined you in life eternal. God, for all your people in this place, Lord, in your mercy, pour out your spirit on us. Fix our hearts and minds on what is true, what is honorable, what is right. Give us the joy and peace that comes from knowing and doing your will. Keep us faithful to the call that we have received in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so now, as a family of God, we offer the prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. As we continue on in worship, as the ushers come forward, we thank you for your tithes, your offerings. It helps us to live into this connection of the United Methodist Church. We are grateful that just as you tithe to this local church, we as a church tithe to the United Methodist Church, which supports ministries all around the world, from Puerto Rico to Armenia, to all the places where we can spread God's love. So thank you for your gifts.
generous God, we offer these tithes and offerings back to you for the work of your kingdom here in this place and all around the world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God is so faithful with us. May we continue to grow in our faithfulness. Let us go out into the world and give witness with gratitude and thanksgiving. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.